All right, welcome. I'm so glad to have everybody here on my YouTube and my podcast channel, Don the Infinite Wealth Strategist. And I am so excited. I'm going to talk today with Anastasia uh, Anselm. And, you know, when we originally um, uh, had a chance to get to know each other a little bit on the internet, I was so impressed with her bio about what she's doing. You know, she's obviously a, an entrepreneur. I think she's got something like five businesses going or she's had them going and, and she's expanding to the United States. And that already is, is amazingly interesting for me because of those of you who know me and I'm on my channel for a while, you know that. I, I love entrepreneurs. I love to talk to them about their stories, what's going on, you know, how it's been going, especially the last few years with COVID. And, and now here in the U.S., we've got higher interest rates and, and uh, inflation. And, you know, I just I just think that people who, you know, decide to go off on their own, start a business, it's, it, I think that they're the most interesting people out there. And I don't, I don't really have much interest in the ones that have already made it huge. You know, I like, I like, I especially like people that are still on their journey and that's, that's, uh, that's why I love to do this. So uh, Anastasia, thank you very much for being here. Um, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Awesome. So why don't you just tell me a little bit about yourself, uh, your life uh, when you were younger and uh, what led you to uh, start doing the entrepreneur lifestyle? Yeah, sure. Not a problem. So I was actually born in uh, Trinidad and Tobago, which is a twin island republic in the Caribbean. Yep. And then about 11 years ago, I moved to Dominica, not mm -hmm. the Dominican Republic, but right. Dominica, the nature Isle of the West Indies, where I currently reside with my husband. Mm -hmm. Now in Dominica, I own and manage five businesses um, and they are a wide range of businesses. So I have a day spa, which has two locations, and we are in the process of opening up a third location. Okay. I also have a barbershop and a spa. So you can get, so guys can, of course, get a haircut as well okay. as spa services. Mm -hmm. I have a graphic design company. I have a commercial cleaning company. So we clean businesses. Um, so we clean commercial buildings. Okay for businesses and then also too as well during the pandemic I opened up a hydroponic and aquaponic business so we provide hydroponic and aquaponic systems for not just farmers but also to as well persons who just want to do a bit of farming in their own backyard or on their veranda I should say right. and I'm in the process of opening up three businesses in the U.S. Um, so one of them is a, is a range of skincare products which would be available online Body Bliss LLC. Then Nubian Connection is an African print t-shirt company, which is also going to be available online. And my third business in the US, I I can say that it has already opened because I'm already taking clients, but I'm not officially launched as yet. Um, it's Anastasia Ansem LLC, where it is my passion project. The project that I'm most passionate about is coaching. So we help women open up their business or to keep their doors open. Mm, okay. So uh, I'm curious because I'm a married man myself. How did you meet your husband? We actually met at university. Um, right. So coming down, but I shouldn't say coming up to the end, like my husband started to show interest while we were like in school. Uh -huh. And 
I was a bit of a nerd, so I couldn't find the time to balance uh, a partner, mm -hmm. school, because I was also working uh, part-time. Mm -hmm. um, so I was helping myself to go through university mm -hmm. as well as I was also doing quite a lot of uh, um internships so many of them were unpaid but I wanted to gain the experience so I just really couldn't find any time for a relationship so he took a back burner and he was very persistent and coming down to the end of university I was like hey okay you know let's give this a shot and yeah that's how we became a couple okay what uh what did you what did you both graduate in what was your degree what are your reason hospitality and tourism so I actually worked before I started my entrepreneurial journey I was actually managing hotels okay gotcha so uh so who's the worst Trinidadians or Tobogans who do you like do you like the worst <laughs> the worst in the worst in which we like uh, the worst in which which angle but I mean, we're we're very nice, uh, warm, right. friendly people. Right. Um, but uh, it depends. We will start partying because we do love to party. Right. Um, so Trinidadians love to party. They love to have a good time. They're always here for, uh, what we call a lime or what Americans would call a hangout. Mm -hmm. Um, Trinidadians are always there for that. Um, mm -hmm. so I would say Tobagoians are definitely worse at partying compared to wow. Trinidadians. <laughs> so okay. it depends on what what the what the category of worst is. <laughs> gotcha. No problem. I'm just curious about that. Uh. All right, so tell me, what was the, what was the first business that you you uh, opened up? So my first my first 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 ever business was a clothing store. Mm -hmm. um, so it was called Total Woman Boutique, mm -hmm. and that started while I was actually working while I was actually managing a, a resort. Uh -huh. And I quickly realized that I just could not balance the two. Right. And so I had to close down my business within less than a year of us being open. Okay. Um, I just could not give it the amount of time that it required. Mm -hmm. And so when I actually left my corporate job, that's when I started Body Bliss LLC, Body Bliss Spa. Yep. Um, and so Body Bliss has been up and running for six years now. Good job. So can you walk me through what it was like to start a business, uh, you know, in your country? So I'm going to be very transparent with you. Sure. In terms of starting a business, starting a business was very simple, very easy. Um, you know, you have and how my business actually started. My friend was selling her spy equipment. And so she came to me because at that stage, I knew quite a lot of persons because of my job. Mm -hmm. So she was like, I'm selling my spy equipment. Do you know anyone who wants to purchase it? And I was like, oh, me, I would buy it. And okay. so I utilized my savings and I purchased her spy equipment. The business was registered. Um, the business was registered. We announced our opening date and uh, that was that. So in terms of starting a business, uh, smooth, easy sailing. How did you uh, How did you find your location? Um, she was actually already operating in that oh, location. Okay. Um, and so you so bought the equipment and you caught the location as well? 
Perek, and it was next to a medical university. Uh -huh. So we had a client base uh, there already. Great. So that was uh, that was easy peasy for me. It was like a, a no brainer when she suggested sure. uh, someone to purchase her equipment. So I was like, yeah, I'll definitely purchase it. Um, why, uh, why was she selling? She was leaving Ireland. So she um, was actually migrating to the US. Okay. And so she just wanted to sell off the equipment. Okay. Did you rebrand or did you did you take her existing uh business name? We we rebranded. Um we rebranded. So we came up with our own um brands, color scheme, logo, mm -hmm. and so forth. Even our name was different from her name. So, and then we, of course, did uh, shift some things around. Mm -hmm. And within the first year of operating, mm -hmm. we actually expanded. So we left the location that we were, that we were currently in for a larger location. Mm -hmm. However, at that point, a few months after the expansion, um, the island was devastated by a Category 5 hurricane. Mm -hmm. And so the medical students left. Mm -hmm. And uh, those were our main clients. Right. So we did have to find an interesting way to now cater or meet the demands of another client base. So that entailed us pivoting and doing a bit more work and doing, you know, like some analysis and so forth. So... Um, I would say starting up the business was very simple, but in terms of operating, because life is always going to be life, like you can't control life, you can't control the elements. Okay. And then after Maria, a few years after Maria, the pandemic happened. Right. So it was like, okay, am I not getting a breathing space here? <laughs> like, how, why, why is all of this happening? How, but, uh, how, strict, how strict was uh, your government when it came to uh, um, social distancing and closing things down? So because my businesses in terms of the spa and the barbershop and spa, we were deemed to be super spreaders. So yeah. within the first few days of the first case being announced, we were actually shut down. And it was quite an interesting time because they told us, okay, go home for seven days. After seven days, we'll assess it and then we'll be open back up. And then that seven days passed, they asked for another 14 days. They asked for 14 days. And then after that 14 days passed, and then it was like, okay, um, give us 14 more days or give us seven more days. And so it was like, oh, okay, like when when is this going to end? And that's actually how um my last business came about which is my hydroponic and aquaponics business because I realized at that stage I had expenses that were mounting mm -hmm. and while I did have a emergency cushion right we had two years of the pandemic so yeah. we had a year before with all of that mm -hmm. and then of course I had Maria prior to that so we were still trying to figure ourselves out after Maria right. and you know just gaining that momentum back so I'm like okay I have all of these bills that are mounting and no revenue coming in and so I quickly did a skills audit and I realized hey you know I know how to 
um, and I have the know-how in terms of hydroponics and aquaponics. How can I turn this into a business? Agriculture is a business. Persons need to eat. Even if this pandemic goes on for a year, two years, three years, right. persons are going to need to eat. So, okay, so yes, so this is a viable business. How do I get it off of the ground? And within a week of doing that assessment, I was able to speak to a contractor and the business was open. Okay. Did you uh, did you self fund or how did you how did you fund the initial startup for your new business? So for the hydroponic and aquaponic business, it was self funded. Mm-hmm. What we did was. Uh, um, I have a graphic design business. Mm-hmm. And so from the graphic design business, I was able to create flyers. Mm-hmm. From those flyers, we marketed, advertised, we went out. I mean, we were home. I was home, definitely. So wow. I went out and I was handing out flyers at the supermarkets. Persons were going to supermarkets, uh, you know, constantly to get food. Right. Also, too, as well, persons were going to the pharmacy to pick up medication. Yep. So those were places that I new persons were so we were handing out flyers um when it is that we handed out flyers persons contacted us what we asked for was 50 percent deposit on the system that they wanted to have built so mm-hmm. it meant that we got some level of commitment from the client but also too as well we didn't have to um in the beginning put out uh, the full amount required for the system so mm-hmm. we had that 50% which gave us some breathing ground or some breathing room mm-hmm. and then at the end of it the client then paid the other 50% so it was self-funded but we didn't have to put out like a large yeah, you, were using, you were using your customers money basically. correct that's very smart uh so what were your margins on that what, what what was your what was your cost to set this up and then what was your profit margin on the on, on per system in the beginning, in the beginning, when we just started, the margins were not that great because what we wanted to do, we, my partner and I, so the contractor, the guy who I contracted to build the systems, what we agreed to was that we wanted to get our names out there yeah. um, because we were in a pandemic. We were like, okay, let's not go beyond 20%. Let's not go ensure our margins go beyond 20%. So we agreed um, we both had our tasks. So he would build the systems. I would do the marketing, mm-hmm. um, have the initial conversation with the client and also too as well, um, advise the client in terms of the space, what nutrients they need and so forth. Mm-hmm. So we agreed how we would then split uh, the profits. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as time passed by, we slowly began to increase our margins uh, until we got to a point where things were back or somewhat back to normal. Right. And at that stage, uh, persons knew about us. Uh, um, international agencies also knew about us too as well. Um, so they also wanted us to have some pilot projects for different things that they had happening. So we then were able to increase our margins as we grew in popularity. Awesome. That's great. What's the tax situation like uh, in your country? So, yes, so we do have to pay taxes. Uh, Once your business is a certain, um, or once your business is able to generate a particular revenue threshold, then you do have to pay taxes on it. What's Um, what's the threshold that starts the taxes? 
Uh, it depends on how your business is registered. Mm -hmm. um, so it starts with the registration of your business, mm -hmm. but it would begin from anywhere from like $30,000 in terms of yearly revenue. But that is dependent upon how your business is registered and the model that okay. you have. What was yours? Um, for my business, it was a sole, it was a sole, um, correct. Okay. All right. So you have these five businesses going, I mean, were they all under one umbrella or did you have a separate entity for each business? So I do have a separate entity for each business, but now as I grow and I learn more, mm -hmm. I'm now realizing things that I can do differently. So mm -hmm. within the next upcoming months, actually, one of my projects um, within the next, by the end of the second quarter, mm -hmm. is to reorganize how my the, the legal and the financial structure of my business is. So that's something that I'm working towards. Okay. Awesome. So what would you say uh, is the average uh, percentage that you're paying on your taxes with your businesses? Uh, different businesses, different amounts, but I would definitely say about 20%. Okay. I gotcha. Are there any legal ways to uh, defer or, um, you know, avoid taxes? that you can use in, in your legislation in the country? How your business is registered. So in terms of the registration of your business, so just as in the US uh, where you can have an LLC, but you can ask the IRS to be taxed as an escorter. Right. Um, you can also have something like that. So like, let's say for instance, if your business in, in Dominica is a trading as business, then it means that basically you are your business. Mm -hmm. So all the revenues that come into your business is tax. So your taxation threshold is a lot higher mm -hmm. um, than, or, or I should say that you pay a lot more taxes compared to if your business, if your business is registered as an LLC in Dominica, right then you pay less taxes. Okay, gotcha. Interesting. All right. So what would you say in your businesses, uh, in your in your country, are the biggest pro or, uh, leaks in your profit bucket? You know, what are the ones that are your, your highest expenses that you, you find overall, in general? It doesn't be specific to each business, but... I would definitely say inventory um, because we are in a Caribbean island. Mm -hmm. um, many a time, sometimes things are not readily available or accessible to us and we don't have that many options. Mm -hmm. So let's just say like, for instance, in terms of the spa, um, we would purchase most of our supplies from two main businesses. Now, if that business then increases uh, the cost of their, um, of a particular product that we utilize, uh, we can't now increase the cost. Or, right. or I should say, if that company is out and we have to buy it from another company and that's the only other company that has it and their um, cost price is a lot higher than what we originally buy it from from the other company, we have to absorb that loss because we can't then say to the clients, well, hey, okay, here's what, um, because we paid 
15% more on massage oil. We're going to increase massages by 15% or 16% until this oil runs out and our regular supplier gets. Um, but what I have realized though, um, when I started to take my financial serious was that I create a buffer. Um, so I have that buffer built in into my prices, which allows me to absorb a bit of uh, um, change in inventory because it happens quite often. Today, right. your regular supplier has a product. Next week, they don't have and they don't have for two months. And guess what? You just have to figure out how to get it because you can't just shut down your business and be like, oh, well, it's not available. Let me just close down my business. Right. I would definitely see that that because you never know what it is that you're going to go into each week. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought that a solution would have been purchasing inventory and having a large inventory on hand. Mm -hmm. And then I quickly realized that in your business, while cash is king, flow is queen, and without flow, your business can come to a complete halt. So purchasing or having large inventories just did not help uh, right. remedy the situation. And so as such, creating that buffer definitely helped um, when it came to, you know, like managing the finances. So I would say that it's definitely inventory for us. Okay. All right, let's transition uh, to the U.S. Now, what prompted you to expand into the United States? Um, scalability, one, I realized that in the Caribbean, I was growing my business, but I was not scaling. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I started to realize that uh, how can I definitely, you know, like do more with uh, um, my skills, uh, but also to as well, I also wanted to enjoy the current life that I have. Um, so I didn't want to take on another business model where I had to oversee and completely be in, I won't say, not saying that the business does not require any work or does not require my presence, right. but managing with my other business models in order for me to increase my revenue I have to increase my team size. And so I really wanted a model where I didn't have to increase the size of my team to increase my profitability. And so I realized that products was definitely a way to, or a route that I can do that. Mm -hmm. um, and then I said, okay, well, I also do want to be able to provide some benefits to my clients, especially in the spa-related industry. After they perform a service, how can they continue? Or how can they upkeep the work that we have done in the spa and actually ensure that the products that I recommend to them actually do what it is that they are going to do? Mm -hmm. And so that's how Body Bliss LLC was born. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, it's a range of skincare products uh, that can be purchased online. And so it also means that I don't have any additional, like for instance, my the head of my logistics is in New York. My marketing strategist is in the Philippines. Um, also too as well, my 
company that my manufacturing company they are in new jersey so i don't have to have like a brick and mortar store to actually you know like accomplish my business so it doesn't mean that i have to be in the u.s every day overlooking you know the team shoulders to see what's happening Mm -hmm. so that was also very key for me in terms of establishing my business models Mm -hmm. and then when i realized um I love in terms of the whole African heritage and so forth. Mm-hmm. And when I started to do some a bit more investigation, I realized that, okay, I really love the T-shirt business idea because T-shirts are something that are never going to go out of style. Like they are always going to be there. Mm-hmm. And then also too as well, your clothing is a way of expressing yourself. And so I'm like, okay, these are two good key factors that I really want to figure out how can I um how can I expand on this? How can I help to create a business out of this? Mm-hmm. And that's where my African t-shirt business was born. And then my coaching business actually started from my passion to inspire others, want others to um, move from or transition from thinking that you can never accomplish your dreams or that you can never accomplish your goals. Mm-hmm. And working with persons basically to get them to realize those goals. Mm-hmm. So who is your target market and how do you find them with, with your with your consulting business? Um, so that is a fun question, just because my coaching business has not officially launched as yet. Right. However, um, because I have been on, uh, I am on a mission to basically inspire others and let them know that you can live your dream life. And so that meant for me getting out of my comfort zone, um, being vulnerable and letting others know my story, my struggles, because you never know your story can definitely be someone else's survival guide. Now, because I've been on that mission and letting persons know and being super transparent about my struggles, what I have been through and where I am now, it has allowed persons to connect with me, gravitate towards me because we all struggle. However, we don't want to go on social media or on different platforms and broadcast that because we don't want persons to think that we're weak or we don't have it together. And so what I found is that from me being vulnerable and being open and transparent and authentic, I have realized that persons have started to gravitate towards that because they're also going through those struggles too as well. And hey, if it is that you know someone who's going through a similar struggle um, that you are currently going through and that person is 10 steps ahead of you, you would, of course, solicit the assistance of that person to help you go through the struggle quicker, or at least, I won't say not go through the struggle, but just go through the struggle quicker, or help you to navigate your way through those uncertain times. Or just give them hope, right? Yes. Are you overcame, and this is whatever they're dealing with is overcomable. Yeah, so that you can definitely jump and uh, jump to those 10 steps and be able to achieve your goals in a quicker space of time. So Mm -hmm. a lot of persons are found that because I am very transparent and very um, 
authentic with my situations and with my struggles and my struggle was not an overnight like I was not an overnight success um I did not wake up one day and suddenly have five businesses on my lap or um I was not or I did not come from a family of uh, entrepreneurs I'm actually a first generational you know entrepreneur business owner so I struggled quite a lot. Like I had days where my husband and I had a hundred dollars and we had to figure out how do we get groceries? How do we buy gas for the car? How do we keep the lights on? How do we pay payroll? How do we purchase products for the business? So I've been there. I've lived that life. Um, so I know what it is and I still struggle now. So like I tell businesses just that my struggle now is different from my struggle six years ago. Back then I was trying to figure out, you know, how do I, um, how do I take this $100 bill and cover all of these payments compared to now my struggle is how do I scale my businesses? How do I move my businesses from being six-figure generating businesses to seven-figure or eight-figure generating businesses? So my struggle is different. Um, However, I still struggle. So, you know, like I like to be transparent with persons and let them know that, hey, you know, this is what you're going through. When we were after the pandemic happened and because I took on the death of a family member and then the pandemic occurred and so I was now swimming in debt and I was able to pay off because I was very open and honest and um, very transparent with my coach you know like I told my coach um, well I told someone who at the time I wanted to be my coach I'm like I am drowning in debt I want to do better I want to be better but I just don't know how I can't see the end in sight and she was very open honest with me held my hand and within seven months I was able to pay off over 100k in toxic debt and so, you know, that came about from being open and being honest and being able to say, well, hey, this is what I'm struggling with. I need help. Yeah. You know, as, a, as someone who's been an entrepreneur since I was in my early, my mid-20s, you know, I would say that the ability to pivot and think of creative solutions, that probably is the number one asset that we have as entrepreneurs. Would you agree with that or? Definitely, because it means viewing obstacles and turning those obstacles into opportunities um, where others see doom and gloom, you see a means of blossoming, you see potential to grow. You know, like when you look at uh, uh, back in those days, I'm sure their friends would be like, wow, I, I wish I had hopped on bought that train but when you look at how amazon came about when you look at spotify when you look at apple um when you look at coca-cola you look at mcdonald's no one believed in them no one believed in their vision their mission what it is that they stood for however many of us now can't see our lives without those services or without those products and so you know like you have to be able to also translate your gift or your talent or your calling into something that is definitely going to change the lives or have an impact on the lives of your consumers or have an impact on the world if it is that you know you're looking towards building global brands so 
I would definitely say that having that mindset is a must, but you can only have that mindset if you invest in yourself, if you see yourself as an asset, if you constantly pour into yourself, if you constantly grow yourself and grow your mind as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to ask you a question that seems to come up a lot when I'm talking with people, uh, whether it's on a podcast or not. I know that this has always been a persistent challenge in my business is that my wife, for example, and her family, they're from Russia. And they grew up in the Soviet Union. And of course, you didn't have any entrepreneurial uh, experiences back then. It was all state controlled. And, and you went to university and you got a job and, and that's what you did. And so by her marrying an American who vowed never to have a job, and I just, I, I just, I just something inside me would not let me be an employee. I had to have a business. So family resistance has been a challenge. I think it's so for a lot of people. Uh, did you have any similar um, experiences from family or friends that were a negative influence saying, maybe just get a job? Why, why, why are you quitting your corporate job? Why, what are you doing? You know, when you, especially when you're having those downtimes, did you find that that was a challenge for you or were you lucky with your family and friends and they were some more supportive than a lot of us entrepreneurs generally get? That is a good question. And actually, I did find that resistance in the beginning. Um, because when I started my entrepreneurial journey, I myself did not know exactly what it was or what my calling was. Mm-hmm. I just knew that I did not want to work for someone again. I wanted to survive off of, you know, I wanted to survive off of my own efforts. And at that time, I was actually managing a resort. Um, I had shares in the profit of the organization. I had a song salary. And my family could not understand, like, what are you doing with your life? You know, you went to university, you got your degree, you have a great job, why do you want to leave and do what you don't know? Like, how does that make sense? And so, you know, like I found that resistance and then I did have some family members who supported me, some friends as well. Um, And I would be open. In the beginning, my husband hated the idea with a passion because we blew through our savings within the first year of me not working. You know, I was basically doing like little odds and ends or jobs um, to really supplement my income. And my husband was like, this is not the lifestyle that I signed up for. Like you, you know, you went to university. Why do you want to do this to yourself? You had a song job. Go ask your boss back for your job. And I'm like, no, like, no, I refuse to. And then even when I got my business started, it was still a struggle. Like many a times you read in these books that, oh, be an entrepreneur. You're going to have a lot of free time. You're going to make tons of money. You are going to own your own time. You can leave your business on vacation whenever you want. And so I'm like, okay, you know, yeah, this this is it. I'm going to own my own business, go on vacation whenever I want. As I open my doors, customers are going to come running through and it's going to be okay. And I was surprised that I was struggling. Like in the beginning, I was struggling. I was the first in my business, the last in my business. I was basically switching on the lights and then taking out the trash at night. And so I just could not understand what I was doing wrong. 
And even myself, you know, like I had my resume on my desktop and every day I would look at my resume. Okay, should I send it out today? Okay, oh my, you know, payroll is coming up. I don't have enough money. Like, how am I going to make payroll? Should I go get a job? And my friends and family would be like, yes, go get a job and just give up on this dream. You know, like you're struggling, you can get a job and go back to earning money and, you know, everything would be A-OK. And so I'm like, no, I'm sticking with it. I want to go through the struggle. Um, You know, I will admit that at one point uh, I helped a business out Um. It was supposed to be more of a consultancy. Well, we started off as a consultancy service. And then they were like, oh, well, can we keep you for like six months? And so I had my business operating. And then I was like, you know what? This just is not working out because my business is struggling. And here it is. And I'm building someone else's business up because I'm constantly in that business. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is not what I signed up for. So I, you know, left that. And then I continued to build my own business up, build myself up. And that mindset that we were speaking about earlier on. So now I know, okay, I can keep better track of trends. So I know which months are good months, which months are bad months. So I now know, okay, this is the trend in terms of client spending that I've seen in the past. What can I do? So create those buffer zones, ensure that when you, you know, and have an emergency fund, manage your finances better because your numbers are down does not mean that you stop marketing. Like you market harder, you market twice or three times harder to ensure that clients come into your, you don't market the product, you market the benefits or you don't market the service, you market the benefits because the benefits is what appeals to business. And so, you know, that mindset of being able to build yourself up helps you to see things differently and so when it is that you start to succeed then your support starts to come because then persons see the dream they see they understand they're like ah that's what you were working towards okay yes I can hop on board on that train but during that time you have to be able to build your own self up you have to be able to count on yourself and you have to be able to be that driving force like you just can't give up on yourself you have to you know put your best foot forward in my real estate business there's been two times where i went uh a year plus with very little money coming in my business Mm -hmm. and because you know my business is more when my business thrives when the economy is bad and when the economy is really hot then my business struggles and so Mm -hmm. we've, we've been going through that right now covid almost put me under because you know I my main source of of houses were people in foreclosure and they closed the the, the uh, courts down for uh, almost two years and so you know all of a sudden you know 18 years into into my business it's the first time that I I my main source of clients or, or houses was gone and I had to pivot and when you were talking about COVID and how you pivoted to, um, you know, the, the hydroponic uh, business and you were talking about, you did an assessment of what you could do, where you could pivot to. Right. And I did the same thing. I realized that I knew taxes, I knew trusts, I knew how to, you know, because I, I you know, when I put my business into a trust and I basically, you know, reduced my taxes 
you know, by at least 97%, and some, in some cases, you know, completely didn't pay to pay taxes because of the strategies. I knew that. I thought, you know what? That's my best marketable thing. And so I just, so I basically, and not that I had to put my business on hold, it was already on hold <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> so, I mean, I had no choice, but I could pivot. And so, you know, it's the, 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 the I would say a key component of the entrepreneurial mindset, at least in my case, and maybe in yours, but I feel like that I'm grateful that this stuff happened because I would never have gone this route. And it is, you know, in my my real estate business, my short sale business is going to come back in a big time. So, but in the meantime, what a blessing to be able to have this business start and be able to get and, and make those connections. And I'm already having amazing connections for my real estate investing business that I'm getting through you know, educating people about the trust and how you're able to get, um, you know, and re incredibly reduce your taxes. Uh, so if we could transition a little bit more on onto your U.S. business again before we wrap up. So um, how's it been like with with? Uh, I mean, obviously you your tax situation, you know, in in the Caribbean was not as much probably as it is here in the sense that you know, I mean, uh, where, where where do you where did you register your business in the U.S. Um, in Delaware, so I have of two, of, two of them registered in Delaware, and I'm in the process of registering it in Wyoming. Um, and I specifically chose Wyoming because of how my business is going to be structured. Um, so like you spoke about in terms of tax and so forth, um, taxation and tax planning, what I have learned is that it's one thing to generate wealth, it's one thing to accumulate wealth. And it's another thing to protect your wealth. Um, and so, like you mentioned, you know, there are quite a lot of persons who don't know exactly. They might know how to generate it, but they don't know how to protect it. Um, and I have realized that you don't want to make eight or seven figures for the year. And then here comes the IRS. Oh, you owe us 65% or you owe us. Uh, wow. um, and then you slowly realize that, oh, no, I, I didn't actually make that much. Like most of it went to tax. And so I realized that, you know, protecting your wealth is definitely important. And, you know, that came about from just wanting to know more and do more and be more and so that's why my third business is going to be registered in wyoming or we are registered in wyoming um or we're in the process i should say of being registered in wyoming because of how the business is going to be set up um so yeah so that was you, uh, we should talk because i know <laughs> when we're talking about wyoming and everything i'm telling you from experience this is better um, mm -hmm. Is, you know, it can convert pretty much almost all of your business income into passive income for the trust, which is tax deferred permanently. So it's it's pretty powerful. Yeah. So that's 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 why I'm, I'm choosing that structure. <laughs> are you, you are you using a trust? Yes. Yes. So we are going what to. What kind of trust do you have? Are you, are you getting? And that. I wish I can tell you off the bat, off the top of my head, but that part I I don't know off the top of my head, um because I do have someone that I'm working with, because, uh, um like I said, I have realized and there is so much to learn about taxation, tax planning, wow. 
um, especially as it relates to the U.S. and, you know, just which form to fill out, when you need to fill it out um, and so forth. Because many persons don't even know that, you know, like you can be registered as an LLC, but ask to be taxed as an S offer. And so, you know, um, all of this is information that I am, you know, like finding out and working on. I'm like, well, hey, like I said, offline, want to reduce, yeah. <laughs> offline, we should talk because I can tell you that there's nothing else out there that saves the taxes like this does. And it protects your assets than the trust that I, I work with. But we can talk about that offline. But yeah. uh, but it, it's, it's an amazing thing. But the nice thing is, is that... Um, you're on the right path. You're asking the right questions. And I've just been so impressed by how you've done this. I mean, how, how many years now have you considered, have you, have you been an entrepreneur? Uh, this year would make it six years, um, six years since I started my entrepreneurial journey. That's amazing. Um, that I... So well, in six years, it's crazy. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, but I do hope that, you know, like right now, as I mentioned, within the next, uh, so by the end of uh, Q2 in 2023, I am restructuring my businesses. And so a lot of my, well, I won't say a lot, but some of my businesses in Dominica are going to be placed on pause mm -hmm. until I figure out, you know, exactly what it is that or how I should structure and so forth. Because I've realized that structure matters a lot um at the end of the year especially when it comes down to you paying those taxes you're like <gasps> gasping for breath like why is so much of my money <laughs> i mean you know the, the the government yes i'm not saying that you know the government the government look in america manage your yeah. money but you know you can manage that money much better than the government so <laughs> we have a saying in the united states that um, no, we're not allowed to evade taxes, but it's every American's right to avoid taxes as long as it's legal. And okay. yes, yeah, so and I, I live by that precept. But uh, I do want to say that I really enjoyed this conversation. It's awesome. And I'm glad that we had a chance to, to connect. And I hope that we can continue, you know, connecting because I just I love people that are are making right decisions. And, you know, we have a connection because when you said that you just did not want to work with any, for anybody, I feel the same way. I'm going to build my own damn business. I don't want to build this, somebody else's business, you know? And so I think it's the, it's, it's like music to my ears. This is why I do this because uh, that message needs to be out there to people that are thinking about it. And they just need to hear that you can do that, but they also need to be realistic. You're right. It's a struggle. And you have these highs and lows and, you know, the salary mentality, you, you have to get rid of that if you're going to be a successful entrepreneur and you have to be prepared for um, the struggle because it's going to it's going to be there. Nobody unless unless you have a sugar daddy that's going to pay for everything, give you a golden parachute and just, OK, I need some more money. Here you go. I mean, it doesn't happen that way. And uh, but that's why I love it. So, um, listen, thank you again for coming on. I appreciate it. Please let us let our listeners and viewers know how they can, uh, you know, learn more about what you're doing here in the United States. Do you have a website? You know? 
so you can definitely stay in contact with me. So through my website, www.anastasiaansam.com. So it's A-N-A-S-T-A-S-I-A. And my last name is spelled A-N-S-E-L-M. Dot com. So it's anastasiaansam.com. You can follow me on social media. So Facebook, my name is my handle. Um, Instagram, ACT underscore A-N-N-I-E. Um, you can send me an email, A-C-T-C-L-A-R-E at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think those are the best ways to get in contact with me. Great. Awesome. And then uh, now on your website, you have information about your, your products. Your, your, your... So on, so if it is that you send me a message, so that is actually my coaching business. That's the website. Um, okay. But, you know, if you shoot me an email, I can direct you to my other websites okay. and we can take it from there. Awesome. Well, again, thank you very much for coming on board uh, and having this wonderful chat. I think it was very interesting and, you know, thank you again, and uh, good luck with your other ventures. Thank you so much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. Um, and, you know, I, I hope that this is not the last time that I appeared on the podcast. Maybe we can oh, yeah. talk about I wanna, topic I wanna, some wanna, other time. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear what's going on next year and how you're doing. Yeah. So, so right. definitely. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Bye. All right. Bye-bye.